0: and replace them with facts, research, and the methods to move on from addiction struggles without 12-step meetings, rehabs, and the shackles of endless recovery. Let's escape the treatment and recovery trap together and learn to be free. Welcome to the truth. If you feel you need time away from your life to learn how to solve your substance use problem for good without distractions, 12-step meetings, or other counterproductive processes, then the St. Jude Retreat, with its Freedom Model Program, are for you. From the moment you arrive, you'll know that this place is special, effective, and different. We won't bring you to AA meetings. We won't take away your cell phone or tablet. And yes, you can have contact with your family and friends at any time. We don't treat our guests like children or criminals like rehabs do. You'll be surrounded by open fields with mountain views. The retreat is set up to help you to relax, reset and learn how you can solve your addiction and move on with your life. You'll be learning the world-renowned Freedom Model program directly with co-developers Mark Sheeran and Michelle Dunbar in private one-on-one sessions. You'll also have your own room with no roommates. There's no need to be uncomfortable while getting through such a vulnerable time. In addition to having your private bedroom and meals prepared by our executive chef, there's high-speed internet access so you can keep in touch with work obligations if needed. When not in class, you can enjoy one of the many amenities available, including on-site swimming pool, dry sauna, and a pond for fishing. There's also walking trails, or you can take a trip to the gym. We welcome guests from all over the world who are seeking to escape the addiction and recovery trap Once and for all, call 888-424-2626 to reserve your room today. Hey, everyone. Hi, hi, everyone. I'm Michelle Dunbar. And I'm Mark Sheeran. And we are the co-authors of The Freedom Model for Addictions, along with our co-author, Stephen Slate. Um, And he just doesn't want to do this stuff with us anymore.
1: (laughs) No, he does. He does. We talked to him. Uh,
0: We still talk to him. And he's, he, after the pandemic, he moved back down to New York. So, uh, so Mark and I are up here doing these podcasts. Um, What we're going to talk about today is trauma and addiction. And the very, I mean, if you search online, does trauma cause addiction? Uh, There's millions and millions and millions of, uh, like treatment centers and addiction treatment professionals that are going to come up and say, "Yep, it does."
1: Yeah they 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 want that to be true, and because it's like anything in a society, um, folklore becomes truth if said enough.
0: Absolutely right,
1: and um, and it kind
0: of makes sense. Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, on its surface, it seems plausible.
1: Well, if you look at traditions and things like that, usually traditions that last a long time have a purpose in society, right? And certainly the trauma equals addiction equation, um it has a purpose. And the purpose, frankly, is financial. It, it, it is.
0: It it makes it's a great financial model.
1: Yeah, it makes because everybody has trauma at some point. And if you take the population about anywhere between two and 10% of any given population that struggles with substance use, and then you match that up with regular, normal, unfortunate events of the suffering of humanity, and you tie those two in the book, uh, The Freedom Model for Addictions, we, we call it learned connections. When you connect these things, you've just created an incredible financial model because now people need you for regular problems. Yeah, Things that ordinarily would not be attached to drinking or drugging are now attached in our culture. In Western culture, it's not as deeply prevalent in Europe, but it's now gaining ground. And yes, it's plausible because it's attached to the idea that a drug has um, superpowers, magical powers, to relieve bad feelings. Right. So trauma, remembering traumatic events, is certainly a bad feeling. It's awful. It is awful.
0: So. Go ahead. Both Mark and I have had have had those experiences and
1: traumatic experiences. Traumatic
0: experiences. Yeah. And and I can tell you, this is this is one of those topics that we cover where even people that like the freedom model get upset. They yeah, get upset they because because there are a lot of non-12 step people now that are moving into this realm of well, you have to deal with the underlying causes of your addiction. And we cover this in depth in chapter chapters five and six the difference between chapter five is difference between reasons and causes and then chapter six really shows you through the data that there isn't even a weak correlation okay because well nearly nearly everyone has trauma in their life right right I mean everyone because nobody gets out of this, life alive so we all lose people that are close to us sometimes very suddenly unexpected sometimes we lose people that are very young and it's 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 tragic um that's traumatic that's traumatic for everyone yet you know only about 30 percent of the population has problems with alcohol and or drugs at some point in their lives so so all right it's not causal i can't be causal
1: because everyone would Right. So we have to get into this, this description. See, the reason that people get pissed off when we say tr- trauma doesn't cause addiction is because the belief is now widely held that it does. Yes. But it doesn't mean that it's factually correct. It does. So, but beliefs are powerful because they become a person's reality. So when I say trauma doesn't cause addiction to somebody that's a believer, it does. It does and it has. And that's why people, when you challenge people's beliefs, it becomes so horribly uncomfortable for them because what you're doing is you're challenging something that they're holding on to as truth. And a person's personal truth is their truth, it's yes. their reality. So now when they feel trauma or they remember their trauma or they are stressed out by past traumas and the, the, the memories of them, uh, they get high. And so when we say it doesn't cause it, they go, bullshit. You know, what are you saying? We're saying that it's not empirically connected. It's not causal. And we have to be very careful about our language, what we're trying to describe here. We're trying to free you from a learned connection where we have made it as a culture causal. It's not inherently causal. But as a culture, it is now because you believe it to be so. This is a nuanced conversation that we have to have. It's not that I'm saying that you don't believe they're connected. I, bet, I, I guarantee you believe it because when I was a kid, yeah. I used alcohol and drugs as an escape from my miserable, traumatic, horrible life at home. Yeah. You did too. I did too. Because the folklore was already set in motion in Western culture. So our truth became that trauma does cause my addiction and God knows I lived it. I lived that ethos.
0: Yes, but it's too, it's two sided. Okay. It's two sided because I don't think I framed it that I was traumatized and therefore I became addicted. I didn't, I did not personally frame it that way. I did, but I framed it as alcohol and drugs can relieve my trauma. Okay. Yeah, I did. I too. can escape okay, I did. with alcohol and drugs, and I believed that to be true. Yeah. And so that's the other side of this, and the real tragedy about addiction treatment now and this causal link. Okay. So what I explained is what I'm explaining to you is my trauma was a reason. It was a reason. I reasoned my way to intoxication because I thought it would help. Yeah. So so now you go into treatment. And they're telling you, well, you have to relieve, you have to uh, resolve your trauma before you can solve your addiction. Right? Not true. That's no data to support that at all. As a matter of fact, people get over their mental health issues; uh, they they get over addiction um, way faster than they get over mental health issues by a large margin. Yeah. Okay. So, so we know that that's not true. But you're told that. So then, but you're also they also reinforce. And you can look at this. I found a TikTok video today with a uh, with a therapist, an addiction therapist, who talked about trauma causes addiction because because substances do relieve your your trauma. They do. You do get some relief when you use them. Now, if you get relief, it's because you believe you'll get relief. That's it. That, the, <laughs> th- this is all belief based. All belief. All based. of it's belief based. Pharmacologically can alcohol when you ingest it make you think that being a you know sexually molested when you were a child is a good thing right right can it can it
1: and I always go to this can a molecule go into the realm of the human mind and change your thoughts for you and relieve you of past memories i, I it just it just can't now maybe it can if you're passed out
0: right if you drink yourself to being passed out but that is not I mean some people w- who want to be contrarian with us will say well I drink till I pass out well, up until that point, right. were were you honestly feeling happy about your past? Right. As you were drunk, were you feeling happy? Now, I will admit, and I've admitted to people, like I, if I go out with friends and have a drink, I will feel relaxation, right? But it's the set and setting
1: because you've decided it to.
0: Yeah, exactly. because you've
1: decided it to. But let's say that at said restaurant, you get in a fight with your husband that then then you'll frame it differently the point is the molecule isn't going to protect you from the fight with your boyfriend or the concept of arguing with him right or whoever yes. the point is or, or let's say that you're having the best time. You're a teenager. You you throw caution to the wind. You get drunk. You're dr- you're driving, driving around, and and you're like you have the license to misbehave. You have all these beliefs that alcohol takes away everything. It makes everything more colorful. And then the cop lights come on. Yeah, behind you. Suddenly you become acutely aware that your mind is very sober. You're drunk. Your body is very drunk. You're you're going trying
0: through. to sober yourself up. You,
1: yeah. You're like okay, tongue. You're not working very well. Don't slur your words. Where's the registration. It's in the glove box. Walk the line. Walk the line. Don't breathe on the cop when he comes over. Just kind of look away. Look cutesy. Now, how could you do that if pharmacologically alcohol takes away all stress and all carefree and makes you carefree no matter what? So it's not the molecule. It's you, your mind that frames it that way. So the physical buzz is real. You become acutely aware of the separation between mind, brain, and body And the fact that the body is drunk and the mind isn't when that cop shows up. That's for sure. Or your parent shows up or whatever it might be. No matter how drunk you are, you go, oh, shit. Yep. And that molecule didn't do a damn thing to relieve that moment. Nope. So we can't have it both ways. The, the molecule of alcohol or heroin or cocaine can't do all these magical things on one side. And then on other scenarios, it behaves differently. Does it have intelligence? Does cocaine know that the cop is there? You right. See? Right. So it's, it, it gets into the realm of the ridiculous when you start to realize, oh my God, you parse it out and you start to realize these drugs aren't magical. I am, I am magical.
0: So, so here is the problem. Okay. This 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 whole trauma causes addiction theory has these two very serious problems when you're trying to help somebody to resolve an addiction. Okay. On the one hand, you can't live a trauma-free life. You can't live yeah, a stress-free life. That. that life on a good day can be a pain right in the ass, right. right? So so there's no way that you're gonna have a life that's that's totally problem-free. Yeah. So, so if problems cause your addiction, then every day you're going to want to drink and drug, right? On the other hand, if you, you know, if you believe as addiction treatment tells you that, yeah, these, you're self-medicating, these, these drugs do help you with these things. And so now you tie these things together. And while that is a really great business model for the treatment world, it's a terrible model to help people to overcome an addiction. Yeah. It's terrible. So,
1: so I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what I do best, which is beat on treatment for a while. <laughs> um, because they're such an easy target and God, such a, they are, and they're such a disastrous, disastrous thing for human beings to go through. Um, whenever we build a model out there, that's based on some idea, that's just not true. In my estimation, we call that lying to people. So I don't like being lied to and I don't lie to people. So um, I'm not going to tell somebody they have a disease they don't have because there is no disease of addiction. I'm certainly not going to tell them that life circumstances, whether it's trauma, stress, pain, sadness, depression, anxiety, cause me to get blitzed or that getting blitzed is somehow a relieving factor for any of those things. Because if I believe that, that substances have that kind of magical quality, my God, will I use them heavily? Oh, for sure. And then I am under the spell of a therapist, whether it's a sponsor, an AA, or whatever. I have to be under their spell. I have to believe that they are my key out of my trauma, which is now inherently linked to heavy usage. And that's dangerous because now it makes it seem like I need some outside force right. in the in the in this case a therapist or or whatever a sponsor or a drug yeah or a drug see the, if the drug externally can control me and relieve and do all this magical shit then I obviously need therapy which is another external thing to stop me because the one thing that is truth has been left out of the equation and that is your preference to get high, and to connect trauma, anxiety, depression, sadness, and pain to drinking and drugging. So when we mentally and emotionally connect these things, these learned connections, it's it's not the truth. We, we just decide to do that based on what we've been taught. So our beliefs drive an entire industry. And, and treatment latched onto this and said, oh, yeah, now we need an army of therapists to take care of common problems. And, and we call it addiction medicine. Well, it's all based on this idea that drugs are magical when they're not.
0: Right, right. And that, and that addiction is some kind of like biopsychosocial i mean they've thrown all of these biopsychosocial spiritual now disease yes, disease right all these things at it and you don't have to talk to too many look at you don't have to talk to too many addiction treatment professionals to see the frustration okay because while this massive addiction treatment industry is harming people it is there are a whole lot of addiction treatment professionals who I think are really good people. I agree. Who I are agree. who want who have taken up this torch to try and help these people and save them from themselves?
1: We did it. We, we did, did it, it that for a for, long time. It was over a decade of pain.
0: Yeah. And frustration saying, why something's not right here? Yes. 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 And 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 why, why, why don't people listen to me? Why can't I get people to to make the right decisions. And, and that's the problem. Look at our minds are incredibly powerful. They're incredibly powerful. And it, when, when we were trying to help people all those years, like I tell people all the time, they're like, what do you do? Well, it's hard to explain what I do because everybody automatically assumes that I'm a counselor. And it's like, no, no, I'm an educator. I, did all this research. And what it turns out is, is you can't save people from themselves. You can only give them factual information and let them come to their own conclusions.
1: That's right. That's right. So, so the, I, I, I agree too. I think that the most of the people in the treatment industry, in the addiction help industry yes, are there for the right reasons. I think there are a lot of bad actors, but, I, are, I, but I don't think sure. it's, but I don't think it's the majority. No. Right. Um, I think they're the money making schemes and the scumbags out there, oh, I, God, I, I, yeah. and I've seen them—the the scam artists—and and they destroy lives and people. And
0: a lot of them are in recovery, by
1: the way. Yeah, and a lot of people have died because of people like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's the majority. Um, I think most people believe that people are weak and that there's yes. some and sad, broken. sad, broken weakness here that we need to fix. So here's another side: uh, how insidious this this idea of weakness can be, uh, and, and that drugs are the answer and that therapy is the answer, right? It's never the individual. The individual is never the answer, right? Here's another insidious piece to this. And that's, you need to have a balanced life. Now that's the whole holistic argument, right? That you have to have, uh, you know, the balanced life between nutrition, between, uh sleep nutrition a good exercise regimen a good support spiritual. network a good uh, maybe a spiritual angle right you uh, you need to have a uh purpose driven life you need to have you need to have you need to have you need to have and by the way we provide all those services at said holistic treatment center it's all bullshit okay right. here's why it's bullshit people live in war torn countries where their life mm. is compared to the american or western uh, uh, ideal is completely terrible, okay? And yet they don't drink and drug heavily. There there are millions, tens of millions. They live in war-torn
0: countries and abject poverty.
1: And yet hundreds of millions, if not billions of people live that way and they don't drink and drug heavily or problematically. So when I was doing the research, I started to say, holy shit. You know, I was at my worst the day after my car accident and that was the day I got sober. So on the one hand the treatment center says you got to hit bottom and have shit hit the fucking fan and then that's when you're going to stop and then you go to a treatment center 5 days later and they say you you can't you can't have stress in your life or you're going to get high well which is it do I need to hit rock bottom and have my right, life have my crash life be at its worst and be completely have my brain hijacked at its most uh, a most a saturated point. with alcohol or do I have to have the perfectly balanced holistic life that's quiet with the support network surrounding me like a big giant bubble wrap I which is it it's neither it's neither cuz it's both bullshit So here's the deal you have all the capability of changing inside of you it's called a human mind and circumstances cannot impregnate a metaphysical mind. You are your mind. And the way I know this is very simple and it's self-evident. If you don't have thoughts, if you don't have a mind, try it right now. Just imagine you have no thoughts. What are you? You're fucking dead. Yeah. You don't exist. So I'm not being, you know, figurative here. I'm, I'm not. I'm not being, you know, silly or or mystical. I'm saying you literally are what you think not you're not kinda not metaphorically but you are literally what you think you are that that is all you are in a meat suit yeah. so if we don't have the human mind in the equation for solving human problems which treatment doesn't do doesn't have it it says you need therapy you need all these recovery activities you need the right food you need the right support network external to you, you need the right therapist, you need the right Sinclair method with medication, you need this, you need it. All of it's a distraction from saying one thing, your mind. What do you think about the drug and what's your why is your preference there? What Why? The why is it? And that's all in your mind.
0: That's exactly right. So they take the one thing out of the equation that is the answer. You're the
1: answer. You always have been because you're the only one in there getting high, preferring it. Yes. There is no thing, no stress, no trauma that is causal making you behave in any way. Can it affect your life? The hell? Yeah. Yeah. I was beaten, raped, all kinds of bad shit when I was a kid. It wasn't fun. Yeah. But here I am for 33 years with a really good life because I didn't let myself go down the road of listening to a therapist weaken me and tell me I don't have a mind, that I don't have capability. And that
0: you're fragile. That's right. That you're oh. fragile and in danger of being triggered to go back to heavy substance use. Well, no. If I know the truth, if I know the truth that number one, um, trauma and stress and life problems don't cause heavy substance use, if I know that truth, then I don't have to worry about being triggered. And I know the truth that alcohol and drugs can't. Even give me relief for a minute pharmacologically from from my stress, my trauma. So if I know those two truths, I'm not going to want to do it. That's right. N- nothing's gonna, I, you know, I'm not going to want it. I'm not going to feel like I need something that doesn't help me, and and I'm not going to feel triggered into doing something when I know there's no such thing. Yeah, you know, when I know it's not real, that it's all in my mind. So you know, I can I can hear the critics already.
1: This is by far the this is back in the day do you remember when, when I'm sorry to cut you off. No,
0: that's all right. I'm sorry.
1: I just that's so rude.
0: No, do not um, go.
1: Do you remember in the beginning when there there's always in any given era if you've been at this business long enough like we have for 33 <laughs> yeah, for years there's hot 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 uh topics and one of them was are you recovering or recovered? And everybody would freak oh, out when boy. you said recovered. It caused us a tremendous problem. That, that That's so simple nowadays. But now it's this underlying trauma it thing. It is. So we have to hit it over and over and over again. Everybody freaks out because it's the common folklore. It's the common religion. And and people really, really are attached to it.
0: They really are. Yeah. They want to believe so badly there's some that, cause. that there was yeah. something that caused it that that it wasn't simply that they liked it because the truth of the matter is the vast majority of people who struggle with, who have trauma, who have stress in their life, who are having serious anxiety problems and other, you know, emotional problems and mental health issues do not go to heavy substance use. They don't. Do you know why? Cause they don't like it and they don't believe it helps them. You don't get addicted to something you don't like ever. Right. And you know, so I liked being high and I liked being drunk
1: and, and then you added value into that basic pleasure idea, right? Yes. Oh, I can escape. Yeah. And then, and then, so then you go from a physical pleasure. The first time you get drunk or high, you feel the physical pleasure first, then you add on value. And that is what magical cultural idea is going to benefit me. Well, I have a license to misbehave at 13 years old. I get to act like an ass and hit on that girl for the first time. Right. Uh, Because some Budweiser commercial told me that I was capable of doing that. If I drank enough (laughs) Budweiser, right. Or Corona commercial, or you watched your brothers or your mother or your father do it or your friends. And then, so you've now added one myth. The next myth is you go home and you get beaten by your father in a rage filled, whatever, and you run away with your friends and you drink a half a bottle of vodka with between you and your four buddies and you go fuck fuck dad man i just i just want to escape and have a good time now you've just connected alcohol and the sensation in your physical body with relieving issues at home and escaping them now. So now you have the license to misbehave. Now you have escapism and then somebody comes along many years later because you've added in all kinds of mythology and you're in your first treatment center and they go, Oh, you were traumatized by your father. That's why you drank. Now you start learning real deep religious nonsense. Okay. But it's really damaging because now they can literally leverage your past and give drinking a greater meaning than it actually has. And and that's when you start rewriting your history according to treatment rules and propaganda. And before you know it, you've attached every damn thing in your life, good and bad and indifferent, to drinking and drugging. And you need a therapist to unravel it with you. And it never quite gets unraveled because it's bullshit. Right. Okay? So it becomes the rubber band ball that Michelle always talks about. And what we do at the Freedom Model is we undo the rubber band ball, that one fits. rubber band at a time, separate them out, say, this is a red rubber band. It has nothing to do with reality. You get to throw it out. And eventually there's no rubber band ball. There's just you.
0: You. And how much do you like drinking? That's right. How much do you like being high? How much do you like the, the actual activity of going and getting drugs and getting high?
1: Especially after we have debunked the fact that it does all this magical stuff.
0: Right. And you know what's left?
1: After the freedom mile. the only thing that is empirically true is the physical sensation of a drug. All the mental and emotional baggage that you have attached to it and given it and power that you've given it is completely 100% made up because that is in your mind, which is metaphysical and a drug molecule can't impregnate that. So, so... I hate to tell you this. You may think that alcohol and or drugs relieves your trauma, but that's religion. That's the addiction recovery, religion and propaganda. And if you want to be a part of that religion, keep going to therapy for it, but there's not going to be an answer there. Make no mistake. There's no answer there. The only answer for trauma, because I've had plenty really bad things happen more than the average Joe. And that's the truth. Michelle knows. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I'm okay Yep. because the only answer is to move forward. There is no answer looking back. Now I've dealt with these things by crying, by looking back and going, I don't have to agree with any of what happened to me. And you know what? I'm never going to do that shit to my kids. I'm never going to do that to my wife. And I'm not going to do that to my friends or business mates or anything. And so I got to rewrite my own script and not live in the past in my traumas. And I certainly separated it from my drinking and drugging and realized that I drank and drugged for a lot of reasons. But I want to end just with this, and I'll let Michelle close us out however she wants to. Your beliefs are powerful. So when you have connected everything, it becomes real to you. And I am empathetic to that. We're saying this strong because it has to be very clear that you've been just been taught the wrong things. That's it. You know, you've just been taught the wrong things. And no matter what you've been through, you can get through it just fine and you can move on from those things.
0: Yeah, and there's not much to add other than this. Um, Look, if you have trauma and stuff you feel like you need to deal with, you can see a therapist for those things, okay? But if you have a therapist that's telling you, go to AA, trauma causes addiction and all this stuff, Um, you might want to find somebody different. Find somebody that's just going to help you deal with making sure this, whatever trauma it is, it's correctly filed within your mind in the past. And the only goal is to know that it can't hurt you anymore in the present, in the future, unless you allow it to. Um, I mean, that ultimately is your choice. And I have personal experience with that as well. But I did see a therapist for a little while.
1: Me too. Me too. I'm not not anti-therapy. We're
0: not anti-therapy at all. Um, But- addiction treatment therapists are wrong. They have the wrong information and they reinforce the wrong information, which can make your struggle worse, not better. That's all we're saying. So how do you learn about what we do? You go to thefreedommodel.org. And you can get a free digital download of the Freedom Model for Addictions. Um, Just type in coupon code FREEDOM100 at checkout. If you have family members who are like, you have to go to AA, you have to go to NA, go to treatment, blah, 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 have them download the Freedom Model for the Family digital download. Same coupon code FREEDOM100 at checkout. Um, and uh, we have a whole lot of products. And I know there was a commercial at the beginning. I think there's... The commercial at the beginning, I think, it's for the retreat, which is where we are now, which is how we we have people come and stay with us for three or four weeks. And we take them through the whole program uh, one-on-one. And they have their own private bedroom here. It's a really nice, quiet place to figure things out. And then... Um, we also at the end we have I think the commercial at the end that's going to happen right after this is about Freedom Model International, which is all of our digital products. Like you can have access to all of it for less than forty dollars a month. It's really a great deal, and you can cancel at any time when you're done with the Freedom Model online program or the Freedom Model for the Family online program. Um, you can uh you can cancel. You c- also if you. Our Freedom Model International member, you get to have a two-hour question and answer with Mark and I. Yep. Live. live once a month. It's the last Wednesday of every month. That's it. All right. Thank you everybody oh, for, one oh, other yeah. thing.
1: Uh call us. Call us. Call <laughs> yes. us at
0: 888 424
1: 2626 I think it's on the skin here. The
0: it, yes. Laptop. It's it's if you're watching on YouTube, it's it's right up there at the top corner call us there is also an option to work with a certified freedom model instructor um you every every you meet the instructors. Because every, Wednesday, every other Wednesday afternoon, the first and third Wednesdays of the month, you can see them on yeah. Facebook Live, and they will answer your questions. Their names are Matt and Daniel, and they're fantastic. And you could actually get a chance to work with them uh, privately through Zoom. Yeah. Um, just call, and we'll give you all the information, 888 424 Hey, everyone. 26. Michelle Thanks, everybody. here. Bye, everybody. I'm so excited to let you know about Freedom Model International Membership. Get support as you deprogram from the 12 steps and the shackles of addiction recovery. For a low monthly membership fee, you get the Freedom Model online program, which includes our books, our audiobooks, workbooks, and all the additional lessons. You also get the Freedom Model for the Family online program as well. You will get a live, members only two hour question and answer webinar with Mark and myself the last Wednesday of every month. And each week we're gonna add a new video lesson. We call this the What We Learned This Week series. Lastly, we also have the Freedom Model International Monthly Newsletter where we're gonna tackle the current events and the latest research for you. All this for just 39.95 per month. You can stay a member for as long as you need and you can suspend or cancel your subscription whenever you're ready. Go to online.thefreedommodel.org to sign up today.